Welcome to Both Sides of the Table. I'm Kimberly Simmons. For those of you who are returning, thank you so much for your support. And for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, this is a podcast I created to dive into my experience and my journey with my son who has developmental delays, as well as my experience as a school psychologist in this process. So today's episode is about special education myths debunked. So there's oftentimes concerns that parents may have about labeling their child. So first, before we get into that, I want to talk about Bryson's experience, um, Bryson Bits. So Bryson went through the early childhood evaluation process um, that determined what classification he would be. Of course, I knew that he would uh, qualify for services under developmental delay. Now, hearing that label, you would think that Bryson has, you know, pretty significant delays and is unable to do uh, certain things. And developmental delay is pretty much that general umbrella of Bryson's functioning. It, It just indicates there are some areas that he may lack skill in and may need services or support in. It does not indicate that Bryson has so many problems and so many issues. It's just a classification that identifies skill deficits within a child through age nine. I want to get into seven concerns that I've heard in the past that parents or guardians have had about their child being labeled with special education. And the first point is, I don't want my child negatively labeled. Okay, so labels or what we would call classifications provide a general picture of what a child or an individual needs might be. It does not indicate what the individualized services are. So you have a classification and it gives you kind of a broad picture. So in terms of an IEP, if a school determined that a student is eligible for an IEP, should that student leave that school district um, and go to another state or another school, that IEP is then transferred to that next school. The team will see the classification and can have a general idea of what the student skill deficits may be, okay? So the deficits in the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, IDEA, it requires public schools to provide special education and related services to eligible students. Okay, so not all students who have skill deficits will qualify under um, an IEP. And it's important to know that students who require services, their skill deficits have to adversely affect their educational uh, programming and progress. So that means if a student is, say for example, diagnosed with ADHD, they're just a little squirrely. They just have um, hyperactivity, elevated um, behaviors. And in the classroom, the teacher is putting in place that, you know what, they might need breaks. And that's pretty much all the student needs. So that wouldn't indicate that the student would need an IEP, it's just that they need some strategies and tips in place that is going to help that student then attend and give them that, um, that time that they need to move around. So not every student will qualify. So it's not a negative label, it's a label that will 
uh, or a classification that will help the child and give a broad picture of the child's deficits. The second point is the label will follow my child forever. So the classification and following students, I hear this a lot from guardians, I don't want my child labeled, I don't want it following my child, they won't get into college. Uh, students are closely monitored and provided goals and objectives. So those goals and objectives are reviewed at least once a year and sometimes even more than that if the team or the parent requests uh, a meeting to review the goals. And then there's an evaluation every three years. So these goals and objectives are closely monitored to see how the student is doing. Are they making progress? Do we need to adjust or modify the IEP? Do they need less supports? Do they need more supports? Students do not have special ed their entire educational career. That is a possibility to not have services their entire educational career. I've seen students um, be discontinued from special education because they have met their goals and they are functioning within the school building and the classroom without any supports. So they no longer need special education. And students should understand their deficits or struggles and be able to advocate for themselves. It's important for students to understand these are my strengths, these are my weaknesses, and I need to be able to understand that and understand how I best learn and be able to convey that to my teachers. So that is important. Point number three, my child would be put in a special classroom all day. So they're just gonna be put in a classroom and just forgotten about. Now, there is an array of services from breaks to intensive supports based on the student's individual needs. Teachers, they may go into classrooms and co-teach. They may go into the classrooms and teach with the teachers, or they may pull students out of the classroom for a more individualized support. Say, for example, if a student has deficits in the area of math, maybe that student will be pulled out of that math block um, and then work closely with the special education teacher who specializes and has expertise in how that student may learn and what um, strategies, tips, and modifications would need to be put in, that, put in place for that student to be successful. And so teachers uh, may go into the classroom, they may pull students out for more individualized support or students may go into a classroom with other students who have similar needs, a smaller classroom where they can get more individualized supports in their area and skill deficits. Special education has evolved in a very positive way where every student is looked at closely to what their needs are and then placed accordingly. The fourth point, my child will have low self-esteem. Now, most students want, to want, want the support because they're struggling, and they know that without some help, without being able to um, complete tasks on their own, they're going to struggle, and then they're going to be um, less likely to participate in class. They're going to start withdrawing. So that in itself will cause that low self-esteem. When they receive supports, oftentimes they feel more successful because they're making gains, they understand their best way of learning, and they know that in order for them to continue to make gains, they will need that support. So oftentimes students are absolutely happy if the team decides that they do 
request or require special education that they receive that and then they're going to be uh, successful moving forward. The fifth point, my child won't make friends with a label. Now, students are included as much as possible and in the general education population. Least restrictive environment requires students to be in the general education population as much as possible. Students do maintain healthy, um, long relationships with their peers with the special education services in place. And most students who have those close relationships with friends understand that, you know, I'm going to advocate for my friend. So, for example, if a student who is labeled emotionally disabled, that student might have a day where they might be down and their friend knows that, you know what, I know my friend is down. They've been, you know, withdrawn a little bit. Um, not knowing what their disability is, they may come to me and say, hey, I know my friend is having difficulty today. Do you mind talking to them? So oftentimes you have students who have, you know, these friends who are so wonderful and will advocate for them and want to see them do well. Six point, everyone will know my child has a label. So that kind of ties into my child will make friends and then everyone will know my child has a label. Now, it's important to know an IEP is a confidential legal document, okay? And confidentiality is held to the highest regard within school districts. IEPs are only given to the appropriate staff member who will directly service a student. So the entire IEP is not handed to um, a uh, lunchroom worker, a custodian, a teacher who is not working with that student directly in the areas of their skill deficits. Only staff members who are working with those students will receive the section of the IEP that pertains to them, not, even, not necessarily the entire IEP. So that is important to know. Records are kept in school based on the district's policy. So you don't have to worry about seeing things posted in like a, a teacher lounge or the cafeteria, the gym. Um, there shouldn't be labels on files that these are special education students. Special education is no identification within emails, within files, within paperwork that a student is labeled as having specialized services. IEPs are not thrown away, so you will not see piles of IEPs should the student um, no longer receive services or if they're transferring, there will not be um, IEPs laying around um, uh, the school building. Special education, the seventh point and the last point, special education is only for students with severe impairments. Now, special ed, again, is an array of services from just needing breaks or to the severe and profound, okay? And that's where severe and profound general learning disabilities um, are likely to be, uh, those students are likely to be severely impaired in their functioning. And that's in respect to um, basic awareness and understanding of themselves and of people around them or the world that, you know, that we live in. So we know that while it's normal to have concerns about the effects of having your child classified, it's so important to understand the services that are behind the label that are going to help support and build the student's skills. So thank you so much for tuning in. If you have any questions or want to request a topic, 
please feel free to email me at onecandykiss at gmail.com. Again, that's one, the number one, C-A-N-D-I-D-K-I-S at gmail.com. So thank you again for tuning in to both sides of the table. This podcast can be found on Spotify or anywhere you receive your podcasts.